You are listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com, Lodi, California. The homeless community in, in Lodi is um, largely, a, I want to say most of them are uh, believers in God. They love the Lord. Um, in some way or another, they're, they're down and out. Um, and a lot of times all you need to do is love them a little bit. Um, that's what they're looking for. That's what we do on Tuesday nights, actually. We just love them. We feed them and hug on them, pray with them, whatever. But uh, let me tell you a story about something that one little story of one of the many things God's done in my life uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I was actually helping, helping a, 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 a woman that is a single mom of two. 12-year-old, and actually the other one's not born yet, a couple of weeks ago. And about noon, I was done helping her move into her new apartment, and I was starving. I was like, well, I'm going to get Taco Bell. I'm starving. Taco Bell's on my mind. I know what I want. And I was actually coming right up to OK, going to turn right on Cherokee to go to Taco Bell. And God said, no, turn left. I said, no, I want Taco Bell. I'm going to go right. God said, no, someone needs to be fed over at Burger King. And I said, come on, Lord. I really want Taco Bell. And I ended up turning left. I pulled into the parking lot, and there was my brother Jeff right there. And, he, <laughs> and, and I pulled in, and I said, hey, brother, you, are you hungry? He said, wow, Vince, I am starving. I said, okay, well, let's go in, in Burger King and get something to eat. So we went into Burger King, we ordered, we were waiting for our food. And Jeff said to me, why are you here? I said, brother, <laughs> I'm going to look at you straight in the eyes and say, I want to be a Taco Bell. <laughs> and that's the truth, and I did. <laughs> and I said, you know, the Lord asked me to turn left and come down here, said that someone needed to be fed, and here you are, so I'm here to feed you. Let's have lunch. And as we are waiting for our food, we just kind of both lost it because the, re the reality was Jeff was just minutes before that over at the park with less than a dollar in his pocket, didn't know how he was going to eat for the day, and he prayed to God that someone would feed him. And somehow he ended up in that parking lot minutes later, and I pulled in, and, and there it was. It was an answer to his prayer, and God used me to do that. I thank you for that, Jeff. <clears throat> there's this uh, there's a song that I listen to a lot. Uh, it's by the Casting Crowns. I don't know if many of you heard them or not. Um, the first line is actually I'm really out of my comfort zone right now, so that's what I want to talk about. Wow, these are small words. <laughs> Oh, what I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat and into the crashing waves. Step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand. That's, um, that's where I'm at now. <laughs> that's not where I am when I go out to the park. Um, uh, a lot of you people know that, that have you been out there that I feel very comfortable out there. 
Um, so what I'm asking by just, you know, reading this little passage here is uh, try to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and, and see what God has for you. Uh, you might be amazed. It might change your life. It has definitely changed mine. Thanks, brother. Step out of your comfort zone. Boy, I can relate to that. Stepping out of your comfort zone. Well, this morning I want to share just for a couple minutes with you guys some stuff that I really believe that all of us in this place can relate to. Um, I was talking to somebody this last week who was telling me that they feel like everywhere they look right now is uncertainty. Things are unstable. Things are unsure. Things are um, not secure. Everywhere they look, they see this uncertainty and how easy it is for us to get freaked out and for how easy it is for us to get our eyes on this uncertainty and allow the fear to grip our heart that comes with looking around and seeing uncertain things. Now, I don't know if anybody here this morning has felt a little bit of uncertainty, but if not, then just bear with the rest of us that are going through literal uncertainty on wheels right now in our lives. But this last uh, couple weeks, we had a chance to do something um, that we really enjoy doing. Um, we got to go up to Comanche, up to the lake. And when you go to Comanche with us, there's a little tradition that we have uh, adopted. It's called cliff jumping. We like to jump off the cliffs. So if I ever invite you to go with us to Comanche, think really hard whether or not you want to say yes, because you know that we're going to be taking you to the cliffs. Now, the water's been really low, so we haven't been able to jump off the cliffs the last several years, but the water's high again this year, so we're making the most of it. So every time we go, we make a trip to jump off the cliffs. Interesting thing happened this last trip when we went to jump off the cliffs. My youngest son, Luke, and I had a talk with Luke this morning, or, or actually last night about this story, because apparently... I'm pulling a Jeff McCachron on my own kids and telling stories about them. And they're like really like going, Dad, you're embarrassing us. This is not good. You can't be doing this stuff. And so I talked to Luke and I said, hey, man, is it okay if I share this story? And he, he, uh, he signed the waiver and he let me do this. So we're going to be good. But this last trip we went to, we were jumping off the cliffs and we were in the, in the, in the boat. And we're looking up at these cliffs. And from the boat, when you're looking up at these cliffs, they really don't look that big from a distance. Things aren't as big from a distance. You know what I'm saying? But as Luke was in that boat and he was telling me, Dad, I want to jump off that cliff. I knew what was going to happen when he got up there. And so I was trying to tell him, son, I don't know, man. It's pretty high. Are you sure you want to do this? And he's just like, Oh, come on, Dad, I'm tough. I'm big. I can do this. And so Luke begins to follow his brothers up the cliff, up the rock, climbs up, and he's ready to do this. But the thing is, is that when he got up there and he looked down, it's a whole different deal. A whole different deal. I mean, we're talking a whole different deal to the point of tears. We're talking emotions. We're talking, I mean, just 
meltdown. He does not care that everybody's calling him a sissy lala. He does not care that you're coaxing him. He does not care anymore that, you know, that he's going to live this down for the rest of his life. It doesn't matter. All the promises are gone. All the things that he said, they don't matter. He's looking over. He won't even get to the edge. He's standing back from the edge going, there's no way I am going to go and do what this thing is that I said I was going to do when I was way down there on the boat looking at this. And as I was watching this emotional upheaval that was happening, I, I began to think about my own life, you know, and looking back over the times that you and I have gone through things where we've been scared and we can sit in church like this and we can feel God's presence as we're singing songs and we can, we can just make some crazy declarations of faith and just say, God, I don't care what you say, I will do it. I'm not scared of anything in here right now. But Monday morning always comes, right? Tomorrow always comes. So what are you scared of? What scares you? What are you afraid of? What is it that in your life you can make those declarations to God about how strong he is and how you trust God with anything and nothing, nothing you don't care what it is, is going gonna, is gonna to change that. But then you face it. What is it? Is it financial trouble? A lot of that going around right now. Is it relationship drama? Is it something in your life that you just can't get right? Is it unforgiveness that you're afraid to look at and face and let go? What is it in your life that scares you? That when you get up to the edge, you just can't make the jump? See, because I think that all of us have those things. And I'm convinced that it all starts by what we see or what we don't see. See, there's this concept in the Bible all the way through it from beginning to end. I encourage you, read your Bible. In the Bible, you will find this consistent theme that says, what you look at affects you big time. What you put your eyes on, what you focus on, what you intently look at affects you. It affects your emotions. It affects your decisions. It affects your ability to do things in your life that you may or may not want to do. It affects everything based upon what you look at. In the book of Corinthians, there's a, there's a teacher that is talking to a group of Christians, and they're messed up. They're doing crazy things in their church services. They're, they're doing all kinds of stuff that he's looking at from the outside in going, this is not right. I've got to help these people sort some things out. And he begins to lay out some teaching for them about what is and is not right in their, in their church services. But along with this teaching, he also lays out a really, really cool truth for you and I that we can apply to everything in our life. And it says in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, Right now, we see things imperfectly, like we're looking in a cloudy or a poor mirror. But then, meaning when we see Jesus, then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me 
completely. Think about this verse. What he's saying here is that you and I are doing the best we can to see things around us, the best we can. But he said, the best it gets, if this was a clear glass, is like looking through a glass that's cloudy or looking through a mirror that doesn't work right. You can't see clearly. You can see images. You can see shapes. You can see different things that are happening, but you can't make out anything with clear definition. It's different. It's difficult to see. It's difficult to be able to really understand what's happening. And that's how it is in our life. And especially when it comes to what we fix our eyes on. We try to see clearly, but he says everything is partial and incomplete right now. Now, I know that for some of us, that's hard for us to understand because we think that we see so clearly. We think we know so perfectly. But I'm telling you, live life long enough, go through enough stuff, and you'll realize that the things 10 years ago that you thought you saw so perfectly clear, you're looking at them a whole different way today. They don't look like they used to. So either your perspective is wrong or those things changed, one or the other. I think today that you and I are afraid of what we can't see. You and I, if we're honest, we're afraid of the things that we can't see. Nobody wants to look down the road of our life too far. Why? Because there comes a point where you can't see any further. And we don't like that. That scares us. I want to be able to chart the course of my life and I want to see five, six, ten years down the road and know that everything is taken care of and everything is fine. We're afraid of what we can't see. And yet Paul in his teaching says, you and I don't see very well right here, right now in the world that we live in. Only when we go to be with God are we going to be able to see really that clearly and understand the things that are going on all around us. And so he says some crazy things in another letter that he writes to the church. In Philippians chapter 4, this is the same guy talking. He says, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all that he has done. If you do this, this is awesome. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't worry. Instead, pray. And he says, if you do this, you will have peace. Don't worry, which is super easy for us to say, he says, don't worry, but instead, pray. Don't worry, pray. It's almost as if these two things are opposing forces in our life. When I worry, when I get emotional, when I get anxiety, when I get stressed, when I start to project down the road of my life and I try to see everything that's coming before it gets here and plan everything out so that there's no surprises, I'm allowing worry 
to enter into my heart and into my life. I'm allowing anxiety to grip me. I'm allowing the things in my life to take me to a place that I don't want to be. And he says, instead, pray about everything, and then you will have peace. I brought with me today a cue ball from a pool table. This is going to be a stretch, but for the moment, I want you to imagine that this is your world. This is where you live. This is your life. Kind of boring, actually, when you look at your life like a little cue ball. But this is your world. This is your life. And this is your hand trying to manage your life. You and I go through situations and our world starts to shake and move and, as we said, become very uncertain. And what is the instinct that happens right now? Grab it. Hold on to it tight. Don't let it go. Because my world right now is about to fall apart. And if I don't do something, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose everything. And so I have to hold on to my world tight. Because if not, it's going to get even worse. And so I have to grip it. And yet in this scripture, in this scripture, he says, don't worry about anything, but instead pray. And then he begins to say that the peace of God, that's far more wonderful than the human mind can understand, comes into play and we experience it, the peace. I want to be so bold as to tell you that you cannot experience God's peace while your hand is clenched around your world. You can't. You're trying to take care of yourself. But the second that you will open it up, the second that you will let your world just sit there and let God, the peace of God comes in and it is crazy. It's so crazy you and I can't even understand it. And God comes in and he begins to manage our life for us. He begins to come in and bring stability to something that you and I think is unstable. Are you holding your world tight today? Are you holding on to the things in your life tight? This is not an uncommon situation you and I face. This is not an uncommon thing. This is not a new thing. Matter of fact, this has been going on for thousands of years, all the way back to David when he was writing the book of Psalms. Would you close your eyes and listen to these words? He says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. He said, those who look to him for help, they will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. He says, I cried out to the Lord in my suffering, and he heard me. He set me free from all my fears. For the angel of the Lord guards all who fear him, and he rescues them. 
He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who trust in him. God, right now with our hearts bowed, with our attitudes completely surrendered to you, God, I pray that right now, every fear, God, every anxiety, every emotion that grips, our, grips us tight, God, I pray that, Lord, we would begin to let those things go. God, walking with you is a process. Walking with you is a journey. Walking with you is new every single day. And God, there are days that we wake up and we are so scared that we can't even function. But God, in those moments, you are there. And so God, I pray right now that every person in this room, God, that is dealing with fear, is dealing with that anxiety, that anxiousness, God. Lord, I pray that as they begin to open their hand and release their grip, that your peace would come. I pray for peace to come. I pray for peace to invade our hearts right now. God, I pray for your peace to overwhelm us. I pray for your peace to subside every storm. I pray for your peace to just come and give us the hope that we so desperately need in you. God, it's your peace that we need right now. There are some of you here today that I think probably need God's peace in a way that you maybe have never even experienced what I'm talking about. Some of you here today maybe have never even opened up your heart to Christ and, and said to him, I believe I believe in who you are and I want you in my life to come as I am and be my savior, to forgive me for the sins that I've committed against you, for me to accept your sacrifice that you paid for me. If you're here today and you've never done that, or if you're here today and you desire to say those words to God and to open up your heart to him, would you stand up where you're, set, you're seated? If you're here today and you say, Jesus, I want you in my life, would you stand up? Just stand up right where you're at. Just stand up, yeah. You're saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. If you're here, stand up. It's a simple sign to God. For everybody else, would you stand right now with these people that are standing? Would you stand and say these simple words with me? I want to say to you, those of you that stood, we're about to say a simple prayer together, a prayer that will open up doors in your life that have never been opened before. It's not a magical prayer. It's simple words that anybody could say. But what's magical is what's happening on the inside of you right now. If you stood up, you stood up not because of me. You stood up because you sensed God pulling you towards himself. It's the gravity of God and you can't run from it. And he's pulling you toward himself. And all you're going to do by saying these words is quit fighting that gravity. All you're going to do is say yes to him. 
So when we say these words, know in your heart and know in your mind that you are surrendering to God and you're letting him in to do whatever he says to do. So let's pray. Say these words with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I give myself to you. I open my heart and I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of everything that I've ever done wrong. I accept your grace and I want to have a relationship with you. Now I want to pray for you that said that prayer. Jesus, right now, I just pray that you would go into the heart, God, that you would go into the secret places, the places that we can't see by just looking at each other. God, the places that maybe have been hurt, the places that maybe have been uh, gone through things in life, God, that are too painful to deal with. But God, I pray you would go into those places right now and you would begin to bring your healing and you would begin to bring your love and your mercy. God, you alone can do that. You alone can go into those places. You've been listening to GravityChurch.com.